Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale, Shimbhati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namane. Namaste Sarasati Deve Gauravani Pacharane, Nivishesha Shunyavari Paschachade Satarane. Omangyanam Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksurun Miritam Jainam Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. Vanjakal Patrubhyas Chakrita Sindhu Bhyabachapatitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha. So I've been asked to speak tonight about uh, the month of Kartika, something to do with that. So I was thinking about it. <laughs> Is it okay now? Is it loud enough? Um, uh, this is a time of year which is very auspicious for increasing our spiritual activities and correspondingly decreasing material activities. And many times people take vows for this month. Uh, I had the opportunity uh, one year, uh, one Kartika, in the year 2000, uh, to be able to spend it in Vrindavan. That year, actually, uh, for my sins, uh, I was the chairman of the GBC, the Governing Body Commission, the organization that's rumored to run ISKCON. Um, and I was the chairman that year, and I knew the year coming was going to be very rough. And actually, I tried to persuade the whole GBC, we all ought to go to Vrindavan and perform, take a vow. The Kartika vow would be uh, one meal a day, and you chant 64 rounds of japa every day. And um, I didn't get such a big enthusiastic response from the rest of the GBC, but I thought, I'll do it myself. I'm the chairman, maybe uh, it'll, it'll, it'll help us out. It would certainly help me. And... Uh, and so I, I did that, and uh, Krishna made all arrangements. I had, uh, we have this uh, next to Govardhan Hill, we have an ashram, the Bhaktivedanta Sadhana Ashram. They gave me a very nice place to stay. Uh, one meal a day was simple, but really good cook. Tamal Krishna Goswami's cook. You always had the best of everything. Good association, Keshava Bharati uh, Swami and uh, Jayadwaita Swami and Gopi Puranadana, and it was great. And so I was actually able to chant 64 rounds a, a day at that time. And it was a very, very powerful experience. I didn't know that I'd be able to do it, and but I was in a, at least in a holy place and there were no distractions. and. Uh, and it actually turned out to be politically a very good move too, as it turned out. All that wasn't my major, my major motive. So that's that's the that's what I did. Sixty-four rounds a day. Uh, it takes like seven or eight hours to do that. So you don't have a whole lot of time for anything else if, uh, if that's what you do. So. Uh, the, uh, but I, I got such a spiritual boost, I feel like I've been living on it uh, uh, for, for years a afterwards uh, from doing that. And I, I had a lot of, uh, as we say, realizations, that is to say, experience. Uh, 
Uh, one thing I, I really did was I, I discovered uh, the Shishastika prayers of Lord Chaitanya. Not that we know them all the time, we recite them every morning. But in the early days when I joined, we would recite the Shishastika prayers. And uh, Lord Chaitanya's uh, uh, eight verses about the chanting of the Hare Krishna m movement, about, about Sankirtan. Uh, but in those days, the purport to every verse was get out there and distribute those books. That's what it was. And uh, I discovered it was about m that, but many, many more things too. And uh, I didn't really know about it. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, so um, I began to understand very much more about this process of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada calls it a science. One of the book titles is The Science of Self-Realization. And very soon after he came to America, and he was in Boston, he was invited over to MIT to give a talk. Professors and graduate students, mostly. And he asked them, you have so many departments for various kinds of knowledge, why don't you have a department of the soul? <laughs> People didn't know what to make of this, you know. But Prabhupada's point was a very serious one, that this is a science. A science means that there's um, certain uh, steps you to follow, one after the other. And uh, by, by, when Prabhupada uses the English word science, He's referring to the Sanskrit word vijnana. There's the word jnana, which means knowledge, and then there's this vi in front, which in Sanskrit is a kind of all-purpose intensifier. Huh? And so vijnana means experience knowledge. Jnana Prabhupada described as book knowledge. You can read it in the Bhagavad Gita. Vigyana means you read it in the Bhagavad Gita and you see it for yourself by uh, direct perception. And Prabhupada describes Krishna consciousness as giving direct perception of the self by realization. Uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna uses the word pratyaksha. Uh, pratyaksha means right in front of the eyes. Now, that's usually a term for material knowledge. But if your eyes, you have the right eyes, you have the qualified eyes, you can see. Uh, because any science is a training to use your eyes. Uh, I, I can go into the hospital and a, a radiologist puts an x-ray up and I just see a lot of blotches, marises, you know, to the eyes of knowledge. So many things I don't see because he's been trained to see. So actually Krishna is everywhere and everything is related to Krishna, but we don't see. And we have to train our eyes. And that training is called for ourselves purification. The purification of the senses. The definition of bhakti Bhakti Yoga is Rishikesha Rishikena Sevanam to uh, serve uh, the master of the senses, Krishna, by means of the senses. So the senses are controversial, let's say. Huh? 
uh, and there's a problem with them. Actually, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, "Yehi samsparsaja bhoga dukkha yonaya evate." Uh, those pleasures, bhoga, you saw, and what kind of samsparsaja? Ja means born out of contact. Sparsha here means the contact between the senses and our objects. Huh? I bring my tongue into contact with uh, Pepsi Cola or Coca Cola, whichever club you belong to, uh, and there's a pleasure, a boga. So our, our lives in this world are pretty much ruled by those things, by bringing our senses into contact with the object of the senses and feeling pleasure. Hmm? Every baby does it, of course. It's You need it to, to survive. Uh, and the secret to life seems to be very simple. I bring my senses into contact with the objects. I feel some pleasure. Whoa, that's it. That's the problem of the world. Just to keep that up. Just to make it and increase it and keep on going with it. Right? But Krishna says, Yehi samsparsha ja bhoga, those pleasures which arise from the contact between the senses and the object, dukkha yonaya evate, they are in fact the source of all suffering. He used this word dukkha, suffering. Buddha made it famous later on. Huh? Dukkha. Life is dukkha. dukkha. So that, when Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita, he's telling us that the world is just the opposite of what we think. We think that that automatically, yeah, that's the, that's the solution. Is they are the source of all suffering. And then he goes on to say, uh, those pleasures have a beginning and an end. Adiantavanta. They have a They have a beginning and an end. That's already a problem. Huh? And he said, those who are wise, actually he uses the word Buddha, the same. <laughs> those who are wise, they don't take any delight in them. So the world is the opposite of what we think it is. And actually, we don't even see the world as it really is. What we see is called maya, that which is not. We see the world as separate from Krishna, sitting in the world all scientists and philosophers, they try to see this world and they say, they look, try to look beyond it somehow or other with telescopes and microscopes to extend our senses and see where the limit is. And philosophers and theologians do it even more to find out this ultimate source of everything. And they end up drawing a blank, pretty much. Either there's nothing there or what's there is like nothing, but with a capital N rather than a small N. <laughs> uh, because basically we can't go there. We can't go there. Uh, uh, why can't we go there? Because our senses are incapacitated right now. They're covered by this... Uh, Samsparsha Boga. Actually, our senses 
are really meant for bringing us into relationship with Krishna, but we're using them for another purpose, and therefore Krishna disappears. Uh -huh. That's what's happened. If you want to see God, oh yeah, you can do it. There's a science. But first of all, you have to want to. And most of us are in this material world because we are getting away from God. Hmm? Hmm? We've decided to come here. Uh, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Isha Dvesha Samutena Dvandamahina Bharataha. We come into this world covered by the dualities of desire and hate. Uh, those are the two things. Desire to enjoy the senses uh, and anything that stops us we hate. Uh, I, I remember a class in college somewhere um, and uh, the instructor, it was some kind of biology class or physiology class, and the instructor drew an oval on the blackboard and he put an arrow on the top going right and an arrow on the bottom going left. And he said, this is basic mechanism of every organism, meaning every living being. He called the arrow going this way approach, and the arrow going the other way avoidance. Approach and avoidance. Huh? That every organism goes to those things that will help it survive and live, because we all want to live, right? Everything that squiggles wants to live. Uh, look how the Ebola virus wants to live, and the virus is barely, barely uh, an organism, just on the outer edges of it. Uh, and avoid everything that stops you. Uh, this approach avoidance. Well, there it is. Uh, the, uh, desire and hate. Each adwesha, some utena, it's good biology, huh? desire and hate, going to those things. But then in the purport there, or somewhere else, Prabhupada discussing this verse says that the, the original desire is, why can't I be God? And the original hate is, why should Krishna be God? So basically you see this idea that my senses, they come and they enjoy, I want to be the enjoyer. And then in order to enjoy, I have to control, because otherwise things have a tendency to go away, <laughs> disappear. So, so enjoying and controlling go together. So I try to do that, and I try to expand it. That is a God project. What's the limit? Well, that's God, who the supreme controller and everything, and the enjoyer of all. That's God. So actually, we are here because we are competitors with God. And the spiritual world is a nice place because all the competitors are here. <laughs> As Prabhupada called it like the prison house. Uh, so that each adwesha, that desire and hate is there. We want to enjoy. And, but that is what veils Krishna from us. That's the, the veil of maya. So how to get out? Now, now, of course, one of the people who, common experience of people who want to get out is to, they can understand, 
that if these senses are trapping us and they're causing us attachment and they're they're holding us back from spiritual life uh, and they want to stop the senses so and in every spiritual path you where people get serious about it you'll find out people are performing austerities uh, uh, that's one of the things they do and there's they're they're in India, especially, at least there used to be these really Olympic athletes of austerity, people, yogis who could slow their breath down, keep their metabolism doing nothing, practically not eat, not drink, live up in the caves of the Himalayas, amazing things. But you see saintly people in all different traditions where they get serious, they start doing things like that. And, uh, but you really have to be uh, uh, dedicated and is very difficult, and it's not f for everyone. Uh, they withdraw from society, and uh, in, in medieval Europe, there were monasteries everywhere, or they would go away from everybody else and uh, uh, spend their whole day nothing, uh, absorbed in nothing but uh, spiritual activities and, and meditation and prayer and so on. Uh, uh, this is a requirement. that, And this is a universal discovery. It's not like this religion or that religion. Whenever people get, get serious about it, they end up going to something like the, the same thing. So this Krishna consciousness movement is also uh, aiming to do the same thing. We cannot change the laws of spiritual life. They are what they are. But bhakti, which is to engage the senses, the same senses, which are the cause of our bondage, differently engaged can be the cause of our liberation. Uh, so it's to engage the senses in the service of the master of the senses. So. And uh, this is a much more natural process for us to do. The thing that people don't understand is, well, if transcendence is beyond our perception, how can, how can that become something we can engage our senses with? The impersonalists, the, the Buddhists, and everything, they want to, like, nullify everything. But the path of bhakti is, no, Krishna makes himself available. <clears throat> makes himself available. After all, uh, the world around us, which I've described as maya, is Krishna's maya. It comes from Krishna. It's related to Krishna. Uh, is, uh, the problem with the, the world is that we see it separately from God. We see it separately from Krishna. That's because we want to take it over. <laughs> I mean, really, the goal of science, if you read it every day, basically, if we can get our hands on how the universe works, we can control it, and we can make it work for us. That's the God project. They keep finding out, whoops, we made a mistake, and we caused more problems than we solved, and we'll have to, but the, all the uh, problems of technology this is the faith, can simply be solved by more technology. Uh -huh. 
I've seen it written. It's like it's carved in stone. <laughs> so this is the this is this is the, the that that project. Uh, so they don't they they simply think that this is what will work, but it, it it actually comes from somewhere. The other thing that modern science is trying very hard to do is to prove how everything comes from nothing, with a small n. Uh, uh, it just somehow or other happened. It's accidental. It's 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 difficult. It doesn't work out mathematically at, at all. But that's what they want to say. Uh, uh, that 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 uh, there's no God in control. It's foundation. That's described in the Bhagavad Gita. It's described as the philosophy of the asuras, the philosophy of the demons. Because they're competitors with God, uh, uh, so we understand everything comes from Krishna, and therefore is related to Krishna, and therefore is divine. Hmm. Prabhupada summarizes the philosophy of Achincha Beta Beta Tattva given by Lord Chaitanya. As the understanding, he does it this way, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So this world is not different from Krishna. The whole absolute truth is Krishna and Krishna's energies. Uh, so this is Krishna's energy. It's not that it's, what's false is the way we see it. We we haven't actually seen the world the way it is because we have been seeing it through the eyes that have been polluted or senses that have been ruined by sense gratification. Early on, when the Prabhupada was uh, translating Srimad Bhagavatam, and the fifth canto came out, and there's a description of the universe in there, and you may notice in the Vedas the moon is a heavenly planet, you know. Well, they've been to the moon, right? Doesn't look like a heavenly planet at all. So, exploring the universe. When, uh, then Prabhupada, when he sat with some reporters, he was with, in Los Angeles actually, and he, he actually did this to reporters. He told the reporters, we had just you know, very recently had sent men to the moon, uh, astronauts to the moon, and Prabhupada said they didn't go to the moon. <laughs> he told this to reporters in Los Angeles. He didn't soft-pedal it. Uh, he said they didn't go to the moon. And, uh, and then he proved it. They gave him an argument. He said they didn't go to the moon, he said, because the moon is further than the sun. So they couldn't have gone. And his argument was that Sunday comes before Monday. <laughs> Sunday is the sun's day, Monday is the moon's day, and so on. There's a sequence. So he, he said, no, because Sunday comes before Monday. They couldn't argue with him. 
They didn't refute him. <laughs> I mean, Prabhupada was trained in debate in college. He liked it. But anyway, <laughs> where the object, of course, is to win arguments more than anything else. But but he actually said it that that we, you know we we have you know. Then when I, I read the fifth canto cosmology, I thought, my God, not only have we not been to the moon, we haven't even been to the earth. <laughs> if you see Jambu Dweep and Mount Meru, we're all these things, you know, we're all these things. So I believe it that we have not been to the earth either. We, we have, our, our uh, vision is blinkered. Uh, so, pro, Krishna described as that which, when that becomes known, the absolute truth, all other things become known. So you have to see everything in relationship to Krishna. And we cannot see everything in relationship to Krishna unless we are practicing to use everything in Krishna's service. Sense gratification, the controversial sense gratification, is the act of alienating things from Krishna, alienating myself as the pseudo-enjoyer and taking these objects which are to be enjoyed by Krishna as enjoyable by me. That's where we have to change. That's the process of, process of bhakti-yoga. Now it's hard. I have pulled up one verse in the Bhagavad Gita here, a few here actually. But uh, Krishna says in the second chapter where he starts talking about the process of becoming uh, fixed, and he says in uh, 258, you be become like a, a, a like a turtle withdraws its senses from the object. So you like the turtle draws its limbs into the shell, you know. We, the sage of steady mind becomes like that. Uh, so that's part of it. Is to is is to uh, start. Ultimately, we have to be able to look at the world and see there's nothing here enjoyable by me. It's all to be enjoyed by Krishna, but it's not to be enjoyed by me. Because if you you may well, what the hell is it for? I mean, <laughs> this is our playground, you know, that God gave us to enjoy. <laughs> you know, it's not enjoyable uh, uh, by me. Uh, uh, it, it is for Krishna alone. Uh, so, uh, but what then? How do I use my senses? Well, in Krishna's service. In Krishna's service. Um, so first, when we start thinking like that, uh, um, Prabhupada says, and in, in uh, Krishna says, text 59, chapter 2, the embodied soul may be restricted from a sense enjoyment, though the taste for sense object remains. But ceasing some engagement by experiencing a higher taste, he is fixed in consciousness. So this is the secret. You can, yeah, if you're sick, you can't eat. I mean, just fasting. Because the, the, the word that's really used here is nirarasha, which really means not to eat. The, the idea of, of rasa, taste, is there. Uh, 
so you don't eat. Uh, uh, okay, you refrain from eating, but still uh, you're not eating, but the taste, the, de the desire to taste these things is still there. Uh, that's our problem. Uh, and that's why it's you fall back down again. You try it again. You keep going back for more. Uh, you have no uh, substitute. But then he says, Paramdristva. But then you can see some of it when there, and really, Paramdristva, experience, drist, the word is see. By experiencing, by perceiving, Param, supreme. This is Paramatma. Or even just Atma. Something superior. Uh, uh, a higher taste. We always, our restaurants are sometimes called a higher taste. Prasadam restaurants. Huh? Uh, uh, so, the, 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 this, once there is this higher taste, this experience, we were saying earlier that it's a science. By this science, one can clarify the consciousness. Uh, the things that incapacitate us for spiritual experience are, are described very clearly, uh, first of all, as the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance. Uh, then there's the mode of goodness. Then when goodness becomes even more clarified, what happens is, is that we can perceive the Supreme. We are spiritual. We can start to experience ourselves as a spiritual being, and we can also come into contact with the Paramatma. After all, the soul is not somebody different from me. When I was a kid, it seemed so weird that I should be told, brought up in a Christian uh, uh, church, that that uh, I should be worried about my immortal soul, and I thought, well, I'm going to die, and I have to worry about my soul is going off somewhere else. <laughs> but the, the, the what they the word that we would use is atma, self. It's the self. Huh? Uh, I'm the one that goes off. Uh, I leave this, but the the, the 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 fundamental sort of entry level spiritual knowledge, aham brahmasmi, I am spirit. Therefore, I'm not the body who's not very clear, uh, clearly articulated in the Judeo-Christian, Islamic, the Abrahamic faiths. They're not so not so clear about that, but we're clear. Uh, so, so th I am I, I am this spiritual being, uh, uh, and this as as a spiritual being. Uh, I, I can also experience other things that are spiritual. Ultimately, there's a relationship between between myself, the Atma, and the Paramatma. We're both Atma. Krishna is the self of the self. Uh, 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 together in the same in this body with with me. Very close. And more knowable because of the same nature. Here I am spirit, but what I know is material. When it comes to Krishna, what I know is of the same nature as myself. Both are Atma. 
which means that knowing God, knowing Krishna, is something like knowing yourself. Let me ask you a question. Can anyone here doubt that they exist? Not possible, right? Because who's doubting? So that, that you exist, you can't doubt. Huh? Similarly, that God exists, you can't doubt. At least once you have a little experience. doesn't take much. This is like just entry-level beginning understanding that when the consciousness starts to become clarified, when approach and avoidance comes to an it starts to come to an end, the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance start to decl de de decline, and the the, uh, the mind becomes peaceful and clear, then spiritual experience becomes possible. So people are now acting in a way, systematically acting in a way, actually, cultivating a science which makes actual spiritual experience impossible. And then they say, I can't see God. Because really they're like this. I can't see God. I can't see God. I can't see God. That's what they're reporting on their own blindness. That's all. So, Pramdhisva, when there is, the, you begin to get the, the higher taste of Krishna consciousness, it's there, then you lose interest in the other thing, because everything we have here that we call enjoyment is, 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 a, is a counterfeit substitute. And you say, oh, this is what I was looking for, this is what I was trying to find. This, this is the experience that people have. And one should be convinced of this. This is a science of Krishna consciousness. We have an illustrious line of practitioners. Just like the material scientists, they have Louis Pasteur, they have Einstein, you know, they all have their illustrious pioneers. We have ours. We have Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Sanatangos, you know. People who are not only have explored this territory, but, but but have left a record of what they have done for us to follow. And uh, Gary Govardhan mentioned in introduction that, that, that I have a PhD degree in religious studies. So I really... Uh, and I didn't encounter devotees until I'd finished all my coursework and was starting to come up with a dissertation proposal. And uh, I encountered Krishna consciousness. I mean, I just saw these guys jumping up and down on the campus. Uh, and I thought, this was like 1969. Some devotees had come down from New York to start a temple in Philadelphia. This was at Temple University in Philadelphia. And I, my very first thought, my God, I'd never do anything like that. <laughs> Famous, anyway. <laughs> That's what I thought. But, and I, of course, I like. Then I thought, well, wait a minute, you know, this is really interesting. I mean, this is my area of study, after all. And I remembered as a kid in, in, in church services 
they're collecting money to send missionaries to India. And now I thought, wow, the missionaries are coming this way. <laughs> That's a really big change. You know, there's something going on in the spiritual ecology of the world that this is happening. So I thought, I should go and look at this, you know. So I, <laughs> one thing led to another, here I am. But <laughs> that, 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 that's, uh, uh, so, so I, then I began, I, I began to chant a little bit, see what would happen, you know, and, uh, and so on. And I wasn't really expecting very much from from my encounter with a, with, with the devotees. I, I was underwhelmed. Um, uh, but um, then I got a hold of uh, the first. It just came out Prabhupada's Ishopanishad. You couldn't get the Bhagavatam yet, and, and, but the Ishopanishad came out, and I and I had read it in several courses. Even the translator said these verses are very obscure. Uh, and when I read the, the issue Upanishad, it was published by the ISKCON Press in Boston at the time. It wasn't the BBT yet. And it was, you know, the printing was pretty bad. The binding was terrible. And whoever proofread the book didn't know what they were doing. I mean, I, it was not, a, you could say, professional. But at the same time, the theology was so profound that it just took took me by by complete surprise. I, I had read Ishopanishad in several Hinduism courses. Nobody knew what it meant, including the translator. These verses are very obscure, and uh, but Prabhupada was uh, lucid. And and then I had my first intuition about Krishna consciousness that all the other theologies from different religions I had read were amateur, but this was professional in my own vocabulary. That was my, I just had never seen anything like it. it coming from such a weird group of people who were not really, uh, the, anyway, but there it was. I mean, I, 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 I was just amazed. And I'd express my amazement to them. they said, oh yeah, of course, you know, so I did. They took it for granted. Anyway, one thing led to another, but but we this Krishna consciousness to this day I haven't I've still been researching, I've still been looking at other things, but I haven't found anything that comes close to to this this science of self-realization. Huh? Uh, so it's and it's doable. That we say nowadays instead of practical, it's doable. You, it, it, it can be done. Uh, you, we have to want it, uh, and one has to be at least convinced that we actually have no happy future in the material world. There's not this. That's that's the illusion, uh, uh, and people strive. They work hard for something material, and then uh, uh, they get old and they say, what was that all about? <laughs> and they, they wanted so many things, they got them, and that still wasn't what they wanted, and they tried for something else, and it still wasn't what they wanted, 
And all they can say, Prabhupada experienced that they ha all they get is a little mental happiness. Oh, I was a success. Uh, I, 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 my net worth is $20 million or $20 billion or whatever. You know, they, this is what, that's, that's it. You have a little mental satisfaction and then you die. Where does it all go? Huh? It's a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. When one could have achieved something else, something something really worthwhile and something permanent and something which you can know is permanent. Because our own nature, Satchit Ananda, is accessible to us. It's, it's knowing ourselves. And I said self-knowledge and knowledge of God are, I mean, it's self-knowledge with a small s and self-knowledge with a big s. It's the same type of thing. And it's there. So, at that point, that when this becomes discovered, then Krishna consciousness uh, becomes really uh, more and more delightful. And it never stops being delightful and more and more interesting. Uh, you never grow sick of it. Uh, uh, you never grow tired of it. Uh, and you have a future. Always. Uh, this, this, is, this is what's there. Uh, and it's not an illusion. As I say, you can no more doubt the existence of Krishna than you can doubt your own. Uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, the self for the self. Huh? Um, there's an interesting place. So of course, of course, you know many many things that one of the things that that uh, we're doing in Iskran is making this central temple in Mayapur, the temple of the Vedic planetarium, where Prabhupada takes the most difficult part of the fifth canto and makes it the centerpiece uh, 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 of of our temple, of of our movement actually. The the the, the uh, t temple from which all the others actually expand. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, that temple shows, by the way, the world back to Godhead. And it shows the way the universe is when it is seen by highly advanced devotees and mystics. Uh, it's not the way w we see it. We're locked in a box. Uh, we we don't we don't have the, the 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 passwords to the higher levels. Of course, I mean we do. It's the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, uh, properly cultivated. You have to say it exactly the right way. Uh, one one has to say it with with full feeling, uh, with full concentration, and then. It's the password that opens all the doors. Uh, that's there. So our idea uh, is uh, is cultivating uh, uh, what what uh, this Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, uh, and, and in that way, uh, that's one of the main ways that even Krishna be can become present 
even to our materially contaminated senses. How can we engage the senses in the service of the master of the senses? He comes in the form of, of his name. Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. Now, at, at first, we will not be able to experience, but that does not mean it doesn't work. Uh, and But there is a process to cultivate it. That name is purifying, and by this cultivation, uh, the name becomes more and more revealed to us in stages. Uh, because the, 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 there's, an inner, there's the, the pure name in which we understand that Krishna and Krishna's name are the same, in which we are directly encountering Krishna. And then there's the preliminary stage, which is not the pure name is not manifest, but there's what's called Nama-basa, the dawning light of the holy name. Uh, and that Nama-basa, that's what our cultivation is, to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra while trying to give up offenses. Very simple definition. We have a list of offenses against the holy name. And you certainly don't have to be pure to begin. Who is? But one has to be purely trying and not to quit. So one has to chant the holy name while trying to give up offenses. And then there will be the experience of what's called Nam Abasa. Uh, and Haridas Thakur has a little bit, you'll find in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Haridas Thakur, the Namacharya, the Acharya of chanting the holy name, he said, he explains that this, this, just this, uh, Abasa, the word Abasa, uh, refers to, it can mean reflection or the projection of light into darkness. Uh, so, in the morning, when the sun is below the horizon, but the dawning twilight is in the sky, that dawning twilight is called abasa. So, there's nama-basa. Uh, that the, the, the pure name is not yet there, but the dawning light of the name is there. That's simply by trying to chant while give up, giving up offenses against the holy name. Uh, all you do that, and that Nama Basa. And Haridas Thakur says, he, there was a big controversy when he said this, because first of all, he was invited to speak to a bunch of Brahmanas, and he was by birth a Muslim. So that was already taken up, taken badly by some people. And the, the, the Brahmanas were mostly impersonalists, and he said that just Namabasa, the result of Namabasa is liberation, mukti. And the pure name gives prema, love of Krishna. But the Namabasa, he says it does two things, destroys all sinful reactions and gives mukti. And so these people that thought mukti was the highest goal, and here he's saying, you know, that you have to go further, and a Muslim to boot, they were like a little offended, but that's another story. But that's what he says. And he compares it to this, gives this example of the dawning light, 
And he says that 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 uh, the forest at nighttime becomes dangerous uh, be because they're wild animals a and they're robbers, thieves, dacoits, highwaymen, uh, and there's uh, bhutas, pretas, pistachulas, ghosts, demons, hobgoblins, those kind of things that make the forest dangerous. But just the dawning twilight, even the sun's out, but that light is in the sky. Then the, the wild animals go back into their, their caves and lairs and dens. And the gangsters and the dacoits, they go back to their hideouts. And we all know that Dracula must return to his coffin. And the werewolf turns back into a man. Even in the West, this is common knowledge. <laughs> the, the Buddhist priests, Pichachalas, all the, those, those things, that they also become harmless. So, so th this way, this is what Mir Namabasa does. So to do that, we can immediately, by simply trying to cultivate the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, while trying to give up offenses, that we can, we should take that up very seriously, especially with Kartika. Where to begin, if we're not doing it already, where to begin? Well, in, in the Harinam Shintamani by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he points out that of the ten offenses against the Holy Name, the one that is the breeding ground or the soil in which all the other offenses grow is inattentiveness while chanting, pramadaha. That's, so when we, we chant, we, ha we have our beads and we have uh, here for chanting japa on the beads. Uh, so when chanting, uh, you'll notice Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So we should, first of all, the here in that two syllables, everything is there. But, oh, I mean, it's just like, it's the ultimate in compression, you know. <laughs> Krishna and Krishna's energy is all there. Just like in two, you know, two syllables, Hare Krishna, it's there. Uh, so we, we should, and this is, this is also the way yoga is described in the, in the uh, sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, to concentrate the mind. Yoga means to concentrate the mind by controlling the senses. And you should make our attention like a candle in a windless place. Wherever it goes, you bring it back. Uh, that's that's basic. So same with japa. So it's a little easier because we're using our tongue, we're using our ears, we're... Uh, using our mind, we've got some focus on the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So, we can chant different ways. We can sit and chant and try to get them over with while doing something else, driving a car, for example. Uh, uh, or, uh, I, when I was a new devotee, I invited one of my professors to the, the temple, and he was dancing in kirtan and clapping. And I said to him afterwards, Professor Burke, how'd you like the chanting? He's great. He says, I got so many good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that. Your mind can start to, while you're chanting, your mind can, you know, your mouth goes on and your tongue goes on, but the mind goes elsewhere, right? 
Or we can just be distracted in so many different ways. Uh, while you're out on a Japa walk, you can start to become a naturalist and, and so on. So, so one has to be careful. Uh, uh, so if we, are, if we are chanting on the pure stage, the mind is on Krishna and nothing else is of interest. Uh, on the clearing stage of chanting, we focus the mind on Krishna and then suddenly discover it's gone off. Bring it back. Uh, the offensive stage, my mind goes and and I'm chanting like Prabhupada said once at a lecture, what is this nish nish nam nam? So, so, so that's offensive. That not not very potent. Uh, and we, we, if we chant like that, we'll become frustrated and we'll say, you know, all this stuff, this real big exaggerations about the chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. And besides, I know so many people are devotees that do bad things, you know, it's not working. But, you know, Prabhupada gave us the example that you, when you, you have to take the, the doctor gives you medicine, the directions on the bottle, you have to follow the directions on the bottle, otherwise it can actually hurt you. So the directions are, when the mind wanders, you bring it back. Just the effort, just the effort itself is clearing. Because, and if we should look at it in a personal way. I, when we, the, the meaning of the Maha Mantra, what it means is I'm asking Krishna, I, that I'm telling him I want a relationship. I'm, I'm, we're calling to Krishna. It's all in the vocative case. It's all, hey Krishna, hi Krishna, hello Krishna. We're calling. We're calling Krishna. Why? Uh, well, I want a relationship. Please engage me in your service. I want a relationship. Uh, uh, and, and so we should think like that. So how much do I, you know, we should chant with some feeling. And it also can be, please disengage me from anything that interferes with your service. I have a material attachment that's particularly obnoxious and seems to be deeply rooted in my heart. Krishna, please destroy it. That's the corollary, right? Please destroy anything that stops me from engaging in your service. So we can immediately come to a sincere platform. Uh, and then whenever the mind wanders, bring it back. We're showing Krishna we're interested. And just the effort. And if we haven't been making that effort, it, you know, for a while you may feel really hard to do. But gradually, just that clearing stage will start to destroy sinful reactions. And we'll start to approach the state of being, first of all, the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance will start to decrease. You can see it. It will happen. If they're not decreasing, then you're doing something wrong. If you can't figure out what it is, find somebody you can talk to who knows a little more than you do and, you know, get, get a consult <laughs> opinion. From, and in this way, one can get a foothold easily enough in actual spiritual advancement. And then once it starts to go, you, you get momentum. 
and things that I thought may be impossible for me to give up, things I thought that might be really, really hard, they lose their attraction. Then you'll feel some nostalgia, but then that'll go away too. Uh, because Krishna is, as I said, paramdistva. This is better. It's the it's the higher taste. This that's the 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 better taste. And the whole world starts to look different. The world of Maya starts to disappear, and we uh, we, we see it as it is. Prabhupada says this here. I'll just end with this little uh, quotation mark. Uh, Prabhupada describes Krishna consciousness as the process of, of, of converting or reconverting matter into spirit. Because everything is spirit. But it becomes, appears to us as matter. So we are turning bat, matter back into spirit. So he says, he says this, he says, this is... Uh, 424. 424 describes a sacrifice, and in that sacrifice, Brahmarpanam, Brahmahavir, Bhamagnir, Brahmanahar, when all the different ingredients is the arpanam, the 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 havi, the 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 fire, the agni, uh, all these things are described as Brahman. When the sacrifice is performed, everything is turned into Brahman. So Prabhupada says says that here we are in the material atmosphere. How do we get out uh, 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 in in this in this uh, this atmosphere? And he says the process by which the conditioned soul can get out of the material atmosphere is Krishna consciousness. And he gives the example of homeopathic medicine. <laughs> Uh, the same thing that caused the disease becomes the, the, the cure, using milk. Cause, uh, he, says, he says, the more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption. The word Brahma, Brahman, means spiritual. The Lord is spiritual. And the rays of his transcendental body are called Brahma Jyoti, his spiritual effulgence. Everything that exists is situated in that Brahma Jyoti. But when the Jyoti is covered by illusion, maya, or sense gratification, notice that little <laughs> concatenation of three things. When the Jyoti is discovered covered by illusion, maya, or sense gratification, it is called material. This material veil can be removed at once. Notice he says at once by Krishna consciousness. Thus the offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, the consuming agent of such an offering or contribution, the process of consumption, the contributor, and the results are all combined together, Brahman or the Absolute Truth. Then again he says, the Absolute Truth covered by Maya is called matter. Matter, dovetailed for the cause of the Absolute Truth, regains its spiritual quality. 
Krishna consciousness is the process of converting the illusory consciousness into Brahman or the Supreme. That's his take on it. Uh, that 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 actually Krishna Krishna consciousness, uh, as Prabhupada described it somewhere else, is the reconversion of matter into spirit. That's what that's that's what it does. And this can be, it's like, it's a science. It can be done. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, uh, it, it is made very simple and very, very easy. And uh, we have all instructions. Prabhupada gave us everything we need to know to do it. And so uh, we should take it up and... and uh, Kartik is a good time to really dedicate ourselves to this project. Uh, then we will actually do something useful to alleviate not only our own suffering, but the suffering of the whole world. Because it, here, it's just one damn thing after another. And everything they do to make it better makes it worse. Believe me, this is what they need. Okay, I'll stop there, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Yeah. Krishna then is must like it's the same conclusion that Krishna. Mm -hmm. I don't understand that connection. Well, um, yeah, knowing God is different from knowing an object. Here in the material world, the knower is spiritual; the object seems to be material, right? Different things here. But when when Atma knows Atma, when Jivatma knows Paramatma, when the subordinate Brahman knows the su Supreme Brahman, then it's Brahman knowing Brahman. And there's an overlap. Both are spiritual. Uh, and so th there is in, in, in theology, in Western theology, something called the ontological argument for the existence of God. And there's some truth to it. And it's, it's like this. Uh, uh, the, and it proceeds... Um, Prabhupada liked uh, the philosopher Descartes when he was introduced to Western philosophers. Not really very well done, but at least he... Because Descartes is very famous for... He was looking for something he couldn't doubt. He says, I, it may be that everything I've ever been taught is wrong. The 17th century uh, French philosopher. Every, everything, everything I believe may be wrong. Or 18th century? I forgot his date. Something. Everything I may believe, believe is wrong. Uh, so I sh and even my direct sense perception. How do I know, he said, that actually this world is not projected onto me by some evil demon? Therefore, he anticipated the film, The Matrix, 
long time, <laughs> time before. How, how would I know? I can't even believe anything. This is his method of systematic doubt. And then, then he thought, then he came up with this famous cogito ergo sum. He was writing in Latin, uh, I think, that is, I, therefore I am. I, I am conscious, and I cannot doubt my own existence as a conscious being, because who would be doing the doubting? Uh, and then he proceeds to deduce God using the so-called ontological argument. Now, there's huge literature on this, but 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 the but the idea of this the 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 same thing that knowing Krishna is something like knowing ourself. Uh, that once I, I think that I cannot doubt my own existence as a conscious being, and, and uh, if I can understand. Uh, what we mean by God. Uh, some, because, you see, if I think that God might exist or might not exist, then I'm not really thinking of the Supreme Being. This drum might exist or might not exist. This book might exist. This microphone might exist. All the things in this world are what philosophers call contingent. They, they, they could exist or not exist. But that's not what we mean by God. God has a superior form existence. He exists so truly, he, he exists without even the possibility of not existing. If he's, what we mean by God, this is really a proof more of Brahman than of a personal deity, but nevertheless that, that my own existence uh, as, as a conscious being is supported by something else. This whole world, this or that, or that but the world itself, I can, it's the same. Because I exist and anything else exists also, there must certainly be some energy that supports There's, there's some, yeah, there's some, some uh, that, I, that, I, that I exist. Uh, and and the, the idea of what we mean by God is not something that just might not exist, but one who has a, exists in a way without the possibility of not existing. These are, these are temporary things. They come into being, going out of being. What we mean by God is uh, we have this idea of God as somebody who who is always existing, doesn't come into being, go out of being, exists without the possibility of not existing. Uh, so th th he comes to the, the, uh, to that to that point. This anyway, the argument is controversial. I mean, but but what it does point out is just the nature of consciousness itself, and that. At first, it sounds as if you may not be convinced by this argument, but it's not really an argument so much as there's an experience. The experience of, of our own consciousness, if we think about it, that we can't doubt our own existence. When our consciousness becomes a little purified and we begin to come to the edges of Paramatma or some uh, uh, of Brahman, we can't, we can't, we can't not, not doubt that either. It's self-evident. <laughs> okay? You call on people. You know everybody here more than I do. So I want to... Thank you. I want to further this... I want to keep it very simple, though, of this identity that you were talking about, this mm -hmm. self-awareness. So this Kwama philosophy, theoretical sociology major, and the first freshman year was, I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. But the I isn't evident, is not evident who I is. So in Buddhism and mindfulness, 
I've been practicing it for five years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a beginner after five years. Mm -hmm. So in one of the meditations of my teacher, she says, who are you? You sit and meditate. You have these thoughts. What you're saying. Pain. You're watching your thoughts, yeah. Come back to your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But who's really doing the thinking? Mm -hmm. so very evidently, I went, I don't know who I am. I'm not my ego. I'm not my body. I'm not your mind. I'm not my mind. Uh -huh. But some, there's, so then I, mm -hmm. I can, so just keeping that, when we wake up in the morning, I'll speak about myself. When I wake up, first thing, I'm thinking about myself. How do I feel? Scratching mm -hmm. my head. Do I have a backache? What I want to eat? Me, me, me. It's all about me. It's a movie of me. As soon as I wake up in the morning. And so I have the struggle, like, I'm self-centered, it's sensory material, how do I feel, mm -hmm. I want pleasure, I want to avoid sure. having a bad breakfast or whatever. Mm -hmm. If I do the mantra, this I'm a, I'm a novice. I'm mm -hmm. a sure, sure. And I do the Hare Krishna, I don't think about me. Very quickly, if, and I feel it, and I'm concentrated, because I'm, I'm not happy in the sensory world, mm -hmm. I feel part of something. Yeah. I feel unconditional love. I'm yeah. going to call it love. Unconditional, this is spiritual, not religious. Unconditional love. And I know that when some you think about yourself, you can never be happy. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about more riches, whatever, yeah. I want to say food or whatever. Other yeah, dig it. I understand. You know, <laughs> We're on the same page there. So, from even a non, from a purely heart, from mm -hmm. someone that's, this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. Good. But, but, Focus. But when I wake up in the morning, me as a being, I'm thinking about myself, what I want to eat, what I have to do. I'm in my head, and so are all the other people around me most mm -hmm. of the time, whether they're religious or not. Think about themselves, not paying attention, sure. in their thoughts, as a human being. And so that I, who that I is, I don't know who that I is. Mm -hmm. See, the room I wake up in is my own body and mind. The form? The, yeah, the, 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 uh, we have two bodies. There's this gross body, male, female, there's the other thing, you know. And then there's what they call the shukshma sharia, the subtle body, which is basically the mind, manas, buddhi, and ahankara, the, this described it. So there's there's two layers. You see, like, like let's like say, let's say the, the symptom of the presence of the jiva, the soul, I'll use that word, the Atma, the Self, is consciousness. This word doesn't arise out of matter, it's separate from matter. Uh, it, it's the, the whole world arises when the, the consciousness and matter are, are, are come together, but the matter consciousness doesn't rise out of matter. It's fundamental and irreducible. So this consciousness is me. So First of all, you know, I, I, I draw the boundary between the self and the not-self usually at my skin. This is me. This is my environment. But because I experience and the, what I experience, I, the self experiences and what the self experiences is the not-self. But then I can think back, but, but my eyes are seeing, but I'm conscious of what my eyes are seeing. My tongue is tasting. I'm conscious of what my tongue is tasting. So I have to draw back further. You know, that, that we say I'm not the body because the body is my environment. But then I'm also, my mind is thinking. Different ideas are coming to my mind. And I'm conscious of that. Or how about when you're negative, you're, you're 
Same thing, but that's not you. That's your mind going. That's that's also an, part of your environment. You're observing it. You're observing it. So then you come down to to yourself, which is the, the consciousness, uh, and the other things are the not self. So the first premise of spiritual life is aham brahmasmi, I am Brahman, I am spirit. And the other corollary is, I'm not matter, I'm not the body, I'm not the mind. Uh, the, the gross and subtle forms of, of, of matter. Then, uh, simply by, by an act from the other side, is to be able to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Then we are in contact with the, the Paramatma. The, 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 myself, I'm not alone in this body, there's another self. The Paramatma, who's the, and that same Paramatma we're sharing with every other living being. Uh, it's the same one. Here, it's undivided in the divided. You know, it's we're individuals, but the Paramatma is the universal individual, <laughs> and it is in the heart of, encountered in the heart by the yogis. Is, uh, that way is the goal of like uh, Pantanjali's Astanga Yoga. But that he's there also, and that when this by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, there's there's some help coming from transcendence to connect us. Otherwise, we have to spend a billion more lifetimes to get there. Are you saying like we feel part of our source, our source? Yeah, yeah. And they, and and you you once you clear away the garbage. You yourself and the relationship with your source or the ground of your own being becomes more evident. We're very easily distracted, like in an instant. Yeah. T.S. Eliot, the English poem, he has a he had one of his poems. He has the line about modern world distracted from distraction by distraction. <laughs> we run out of time if we're going to stay on schedule. Adam. Yeah. Actually, we're going to do an arti. Mm -hmm. So if you can join us. Sure. Okay. Please join us in the Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.